Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. I, I would describe this as learning how to take care of yourself as a woman and that we have grown up in a society that has taught us how to act like little men and we're not. So these are all the ways that we're different. And these are all the things that you can do to tune in and attune to your own body's rhythms. And the more that you can understand what your body, like the language of your body, because your body doesn't talk in words, right? Like your body talks in symptoms. She talks in low energy or high energy. She talks in mood. She talks in sleep. So the more that you can understand the language of your body, the better you can continue to have that dialogue with her and you can continue to, you know, to converse with her and to respond appropriately in terms of what she needs. Welcome to Better with Dr. Stephanie. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for women just like you with a deep desire for learning, self-actualization, and becoming more of who you already are. Every week, we are going to deconstruct how to build better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families. I'll be giving you access to world-class thought leaders to help give you the tools to answer this question. What are the simplest things that you can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and want to share the juiciest questions, topics, and often taboo conversations that I think I've always wanted to be a part of and I wanted to be having. So let's get better together. This is episode 100, and we are doing a very special episode today. We are calling this AMA number 10, but we are totally flipping the script. So I want to first, before we get into it, I want to welcome my co-host, Stephanie Major, back to the pod. Welcome, girl. Uh, I love being here. I am a huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such 
a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk, and my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres-ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate melody you love the best. Anytime that you and I can spend time, just the two of us alone is like such a joy and pleasure <laughs> in my life. Without children like, running around. The crew, right? It's like so it's either me, you and Giovanni, one or two to five kids, like a house manager, some team members. So when it's just the two of us, I'm like, yeah, it's girl time. It's girl time. Girl Betty time. time. It's some Betty time. Yeah, I, I love this. So what we typically do with AMAs or Ask Me Anything is we foster questions from our Betty community on Facebook. And we'll make sure that that link is there for you in the show notes if you want to join the Betty army that we are amalgamating. But today for episode 100, I said, you know what? Let's have some fun. Let's have Major be the host. So you are going to be punching out all the questions and I am going to answer them. And I will say that I have no idea what you're what you're going to ask me. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Okay. Essentially, we could call this episode better with Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> with Stephanie's... <laughs> With my very special guest, Dr. Stephanie. (laughs) Nice. I love it. I love it. Okay. We have a few things. It's the new year. Do we want to, do we want to talk a little, I don't even know if we want to talk about 2020. You and I both thought they were great years. I thought it was a great year. I'm sorry if it wasn't for you, but it was for us. And there was a lot of hardship. There was a lot of hardship in 2020. So we saw this collectively, right? A lot of financial hardship, people who have lost their job, like all of that. Yeah. In addition to that, I think there was, and I think there will continue to be, my hope is that there will continue to be this collective awakening that we do not delegate our health to other people. We do not delegate our, the rules uh, to other people. And we actually get really 
close to our own core values. Like what is important to me? Mm -hmm. And there's been a couple of themes from 2020 that I hope will carry on. Like one is honestly, I cut my own hair. I cut my own hair. December 31st, the first time since February. So February, 2020, everything locked down. Yeah. Uh, and I let my hair grow. And then I remember my, in chiropractic school, I had this um, very good friend. Her name was Jen Ward, Dr. Jen Ward. Shout out to my uh, chiropractic sister. Uh, she is a native uh, a native Canadian, mm-hmm. um, one of the original peoples of, uh, Canada. And she, I remember her teaching me, like we were having this conversation and she was teaching me that, uh, women, native women, and at least in her, uh, particular tribe, they mm-hmm. only cut their hair for very special, like very special occasions. And they really believe that the hair has like a certain energy to it. And you only cut your hair for certain, like for, you know, maybe it's a birth of a child or, you know, something very momentous. And so I said, okay, it's the new year. I am just going to take, so I don't actually have like actual hair dressing. Like I have eyebrow scissors. (laughs) I took, I was like, okay, I'm just going to take like a little bit off the edge, like a little bit off the ends. And that was like my little, um, and I, and I'm sure that I am not, I do not have the full understanding of the significance of cutting your hair as a native American Mm -hmm. or native Canadian or an Aboriginal woman, but Mm -hmm. it felt lovely. It felt lovely to just let a little bit of like the ends go. And I remember Jen, when we were in school, she just had like the longest hair and she would always braid it. And, um, yeah, so I was just maybe channeling a little bit of her. I don't know if she was thinking of me. I haven't spoken to her in a a little while, but, um, the funny thing is, is that for you getting your hair done was like a thing. Oh yeah. You You booked your appointments. Like Mm-hmm. You were at your appointment and you had the next three booked, right? Yeah. And that was one of the things that 2020 gave to me was letting yeah. go of the unnecessary. So I do my own nails. Yeah. <laughs> I do okay. my own feet. I used to get my nails done and I hated it. I hated it. It was a chore. Every month I would go and I would suffer through the whole hour hating it. All the smells, like whenever I would go into that nail salon, I'd be like, I'm sure I'm causing cancer right now, but damn, I need a pedicure. (laughs) Yeah. But 20, like, cause of quarantine, I had to pull my own acrylic nails off and I'm telling you it traumatized me for life. And I will never, ever be in a position where I'm locked away and can't get those nails removed appropriately ever again. So same thing with me, these little things that we spent, we thought they were so important. We thought they were like something that we had to have in our schedule. And really stuff, your hair looks better than I'm not. Okay. It looks better than ever. And I haven't done anything to it. Okay. So this is the thing. This is what's crazy. Cause I was like, okay, I'm just going to have a mop now on my head. Like, cause I used to always go in and be like, I need layers. I need layers. I need layers. I need layers. And now, so I have no layers now, but this is just what my hair does. And a little bit of snip, like just a little, like a little, maybe half of an inch with my little scissors mm-hmm. on uh, on New Year's Eve, just as a little, you know, sacrament, if you will, yeah. for, for the year and for the new year. And I feel great. And I did my own nails. Like I do my own nails now, you know, it's, it's good. It's all good. So 2020. Okay, so intentions, do you want to talk about, in- do you have, have you set your intention for 2021? I have just received my Danielle Laporte planner. So I was working on- Wait, wait, wait a minute. You got the planner? I did. I I caved. Yes, I did. I went back and I got it. (laughs) 
Okay, so we have Eddie's. This is an on air (laughs) betrayal. Betrayal. For the last five years, we have never had different planners. Oh, I'm still going to have, I'm still going to do the passion planner. I'm still, so, okay. So there's these two planners. We have to tell the Bettys, two planners that I obsess over. One is the passion planner and one is Danielle Laporte and Laporte's planner. Like I love Danielle. She's been on the podcast. I email her all the time. She's like my, she's lovely. I love her. But as a Canadian, it ships from the States and I pay duties on it and whatever, whatever. And I was like, I can't, like, I can't pay a hundred and whatever. It ended up being like $89 US, which, you know, whatever the convert, it's like $4 billion Canadian. And I was like, I just can't, like, I can't justify this, even though I love this planner. But I was like, you know what? I actually, so I was thinking about it. I like, I went to the cart, like I had everything in the cart and then I was like, no, forget it. So I went and I bought the passion planners, which for me is like exactly the same. Like, yeah, like the passion planner is kind of what it sounds like. It al- allows you to identify your passions. There's a lot of white space in the journal for, for uh, downloading, for, you know, they ha- it has this, um, I forget what she calls it, but this like bubble where you put like the three-year goal and then, or the one-year goal. And then like all the different areas that you're going to. Whoa, I'm excited. Yeah. We haven't had passion planners for a couple of years. So yeah. I forget what it's called, but I love that part of it. Yeah. I, I love that part of it because it allows you to look at all the different areas of your life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, over the holidays, I was like, okay, I'm going to do the passion plan this year. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then I kept going back to the website, like Danielle's website for this desire map planner. And I was like, okay, it's going to be 150 bucks or 120 bucks, let's say. So it's like 10 bucks a month for the whole year. I can, I can do that. And she plants a tree and she does it. So I went and I, so I'm going to use the two planners this year. So I've, I've been, my intention coming back to now that I've betrayed you on air and (laughs) you are so lucky. My, my word for 2021 is forgiveness. So I (laughs) it for the first, (laughs) I am the first person (laughs) to be, to be, To be forgiven. (laughs) (laughs) Well, forgiveness is forgiving, right? It's forgiving. So thank you for giving me that. Um, So I am for the intention for 2021, Mm -hmm. I am looking at, so my five words last year with Danielle were, she has this desire planner map. It's like co- core desired feelings. That's what it is. Core desired feelings. It's it's like three to five words that you want to embody all year. And so last year it was limitless, luminous, glamorous, strength, and confidence. So I was thinking about those words and this is actually what drove me to buy the planner, Mm. Danielle's planner. I was like, you know what? I love those words so much, Mm. but I need an upgrade. Like I need to, there was like a need for me to change them because some of them, I feel like I fully embodied and there's things that I have not yet moved towards. So I was like, okay, I want to actually go through this process again. I want to redefine my five words. And you can, you don't need the planner. Like truthfully, like you don't need the planner to, in order to do this. It's, it's but a process. It's nice. it's nice to do it with the appropriate material. I enjoy it too. Yeah. yeah so I've been, I have not set an intention, like a, a clear, pure intention yet, but it is going to be something like, I don't have a sentence or a word quite mm. defined yet for me, but I know that the direction, uh, the intention of 2021 is going to be um, fully embodied, like to fully embody both 
my masculine, which I'm very good at, and all of my feminine. And to really lean into the more feminine pursuits. Like I was texting you the other day and I'm like, you were like, God, you look so good. And I was like, well, that's what happens when you belly dance. And that's what I've been doing. I've been belly dancing um, because it feels so good. Oh my God, it feels yeah. so good to move my hips that way. Um, so yeah, so I'm leaning, so I don't have the right sentence or the right intention, like fully crafted yet, but it's like moving towards fully embodying the feminine, the divine feminine, the my essence fully this year. I, I love that. And I love the embracing your masculine. I know we're really good. Like both you and I are really good at our masculine, but we have to love our masculine side too. And I think yes. when I divorced myself from the feminine and only stuck in my masculine and then went back to the feminine, I almost kind of shunned or, or had resentment towards that masculine side. So I love the fact that you've gone into the feminine and now it's like, how can I love and embody and, and, and live both? Yes. Both. It's yes. Beautiful. I love that. And I, I agree with you. I think that sometimes we like to talk about the masculine as this like profane, mm -hmm. toxic, yeah. but the masculine is beautiful Thank when you. it is in yes. balance, when it is in balance, yeah. it, it is just, it moves into this profane or this toxic realm when there's nothing else opposing it. So mm -hmm. the, the feminine can also be toxic, right? You can also be passive aggressive and resentful and nagging and you can also move into the profane, the toxic feminine as well. It's just yeah. a matter of trying to embody both. And as you, as you mentioned, you and I are both very much productive seekers, right? Like we are both, you know, I like the word huntress. Like, you know, you think about the huntress, she's on the hunt. She has her big feathers in her hair and you know, to, to feel like she's moving towards her target, to feel like she's closing in on something like I will salivate thinking about that. Like, I love that feeling of feeling mm -hmm. like that forward momentum, like yeah. overcoming the inertia to yeah. move forward. I love that. So I, my body buzzes, even like when you talk about it, I'm like, oh, it's such a fun, there's such a rush. It's such a fun feeling. It too. totally is. And it gives, it's yeah. like, it's a rush. It's like an endorphin yeah. rush. You're like, okay. And I was, I've been, I started watching this um, Netflix special. I've actually integrated into the homeschooling curriculum. It's called Our Planet. It's a Netflix. It has like all of the different, like you go into the jungle and you look at the, you know, the mating dances of these birds. And then you look at the, we were looking at wildebeests yesterday and like how whales, like killer whales and how they hunt penguins and stuff which is really sad, but, uh, you know, such a, but it, it, when you look at that, you're like, oh, okay. I understand. Like I was watching these wolves hunt these caribous and I was like, I am that wolf. Like yeah. I am that wolf. Yeah. Um, so I, I love being on like on the chase or on the hunt. Like that's mm -hmm. my masculine, but I also want to feel what it's like to, check in and slow down or to move my body in a different way. Like the belly dancing has actually, uh, it's something I've actually always been drawn to, but for, yeah, it's, I can't believe you weren't doing it before, haven't done it before. It's such a you thing to do. Yeah. I mean, first it's, you know, Leban like being Lebanese, like yeah. I just have always been, it's sort of always kind of been in my cultural, mm -hmm. you know, upbringing, but it's, um, whenever I would look up classes, they would always be like, I'd have to travel like far downtown to get it. It would be like six o'clock. And I was like, I oh, just forget it. Like I can't, I just, the convenience was not there for me. And of course now everything's online. Another bonus of 
you know, of the pandemic, you can get anything online. And so now I'm doing these, uh, well, it's actually just on YouTube. Like I just find these YouTube belly dancing classes and I do like 20 minutes and I feel amazing. Like I move in a way that you don't move in the gym. Like the gym is very, that's very masculine. Right. And like that, there's a need for that, but there's also a need to kind of be able to like move your hips in an S and to be able to, you know, to, you know, to use your wrists and to like, almost like make your, you know, arms look like snake, like, like a, like a charm snake or something. It's so lovely. It's so so sexy. I love it so much. Yeah. I ordered a little belt too. I'll also say it or it hasn't gotten here yet. The little belt that makes a little shake, the little coins on it. I have, I can't wait for that to go. And you're like worried about what to get Gio for Christmas. Like get him belly dancing classes (laughs) for you and your little belts. Gio is like (laughs) the happiest man on the planet. He's like, wow, this is great. You should totally do more belly dancing, honey. Yeah. I'll just watch. (laughs) You know what I love about it too, is that you've told me that you really want to work on connecting to your sacral chakra this year and like, Belly dancing is the most perfect, perfect activity to really, to really open that up and expand it. So I love that. Was that done on purpose or was that accidental? It was, it was totally accidental. I wish I could be like, oh no, no, I wish I could be like, oh yeah, I totally thought that that's how it's going to work, but no, it was accidental. Okay. So I have to tell you something. You're going to love this. Yeah. I was, I said the, like, it was a couple of weeks ago, I said something sacred, but then I accidentally used the word sacrum and I was like, oh, those words are so similar. Why, why are those words so similar? So I went and I looked it up. The ancient Greeks used to think that your soul resided in your sacrum. So I wonder if the word sacred comes from the word sacral. And any Bettys that are listening to this, if you are a historian or, you know, ancient Greek, or you have any more color on this, I would love to hear from you. But I think that there's a, there's a relationship between those two words, sacred and sacrum. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 No, I do. I definitely think that they're um, related and there's a lot of power in our womb, in our, in our um, sacral chakra. It's just, there's so much, and you are a very creative person. I know you never give yourself credit for the creativity that you have, but you are full of it. Even, I mean, even writing this book, like that is being creative. You spent I think, you know what it is? Year. I think that I think of creativity as you. So when I think of yeah. creativity, you're like, so if you're watching this little clip on video right now, like behind her is all of the art that she right. has made. So she, you yeah. like, I think of creativity as painting clay, uh, you know, something where you have this like manual dexterity that you're, and you know, like being a chiropractor, of course, lots of manual dexterity, lots of creativity blended, like lots of art blended with science, um, in the art and science of, of chiropractic care. But you're right. I have like for years, I'm like, I'm not really, I'm like a science person. Like I'm the geek. I'm not the magic. Like I'm the, I like the left brain. Like that's where I was more comfortable, but, but you are creating because you're pulling information from different places and then you're piecing them together to create your own little masterpiece. So I think for you, just create your new, your own definition of what creativity is for you because you are constantly building and creating and adding little things onto this and to that. That's create. That's an artist. That's creation. Yeah. Thank you. And you know what word I love? Creatrix. Creatrix? 
Yeah. So instead of creator, um, I like creatrix. I just feel it gives a bit more of a feminine. I've never heard that word before. Words like C-R-E-A-T-R-I-X, creatrix. That's right. Like almost like, you know, you hear the word like dominatrix yeah, versus yeah. dominator, right? I feel mm. like that makes, makes it Maybe I'm totally wrong here, but again, Betty's, I need your help. This is like, yeah, I know this situation. is the same woman that told us to put Dixie cups in our vagina. So <laughs> Betty, <laughs> oh <my God>. careful. <laughs> I, I'm going to use it in a sentence today and they're going to be like, mm, are you okay? <laughs> you need to go back and listen to Was it the last AMA or two AMAs ago? Okay. I was laughing to myself because I'm like, okay, I have this fear that I'm going to go into Slack one day and someone's going to be in the better channel and they're going to say, guys, we have something to tell you. We have to separate the two of you. You can no longer do these episodes together. And every time I go in there and it doesn't say that, I'm like, okay, phew, still, still part of this thing. But last episode, this all happened in one episode. We both audibly kind of like, we made the mmm sound, like mmm, big fans. When we talked about the medicinal property of penises. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> talked about Dixie cups. Like, D's are big. We're big fans of the D. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> Dixie cups, vaginas. Oh, there was so, there was all vaginal health. It was the vaginal health one. That's what we were talking yeah. about. And then someone was saying, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, you know what's really great? Dixie cups. <laughs> you know, instead of instead of like pads, you should be using a Dixie cup. And then I was saying it for like five minutes, and you're like, wait a minute, are you saying? Do you mean diva cup? Is that what we're, and I was like, yeah, isn't that what I've been saying? And then we just, I think that we just me. collapsed in a puddle of laughter. That was okay. If someone would have heard my internal dialogue, this is, that showed so much growth on my part. Cause before I would have just been like, mm-hmm, it must be a Dixie cup. <laughs> it okay. must be a Dixie cup. I was like, wait, I don't think that's right. Should I say something? I have, like, I have my own diva cup. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm positive that this is the word. <laughs> do I speak up? Like, do I jump in the skipping rope and speak up? And I did. Oh, it made me laugh. <laughs> oh, man, that was fun. And you know what's really funny? I had to redo. Okay, so this is like not like this is sort of like insider behind the scenes of the better podcast. So last week we had Laura Adler talk, you know, we were talking about environmental toxins and feminine care products. And in the goddamn intro, as I was recording, like, and I was like, and we talked about Dixie cups and I was like, God damn it. And I had to like re-record the whole thing again. And I was like, so if you actually, Betty's, if you're listening to this, go back and listen to my intro with Laura Adler and you will notice a very slight emphasis on diva cup because I was like, and the diva cup, like, it was like, I was like, you better not get this wrong again. Oh my gosh. A hundred episodes. This is number 100. Yep. I can't believe believe I've heard you say like, Oh, I got to prep for this podcast. So I got to go down and record this podcast uh, like a hundred times. Yeah. I'm really, I love this podcast. I just have fallen in love with podcasting and creating, you know, creating content for Betty's. I mean, we keep hearing. So this was, I wanted to, wanted to read this. We often read like little reviews in the intros, but for Mm -hmm. AMAs, we we don't often do that. So I just wanted to um, call this one out. This is from Misty from the United States. She says, a podcast I really look forward to. Not only is her voice beautiful and soothing, thank you, Misty. Uh, she features a wealth of information that I really look forward to every week. She's extremely intelligent in all things health, but explains it in e- it, with ease in a way that non-health professionals can understand. Like that's what I want. That's like that's that's the that's the purpose of the podcast in a review. 
Yeah. Yeah. She wrote that. Yeah. She wrote that out very, very beautifully. Oh, I, I know that you love it. I can tell like in, in, it hasn't even, in fact, it's even grown. I don't think it's faded whatsoever. It's absolutely grown your love for the podcast and recording and, um, doing your own episodes. And I smile every time it's Thursday and I'm listening to my podcast. And sometimes like the next one will automatically come on mm -hmm. and it'll be your geeky magic. Mm -hmm. And listener, listen to that, um, to the intro of it, because I can hear your smile. Like I can just hear <laughs> the joy and the pleasure, the true, like from your, your very core in that intro. And every time I hear, like, I never skip forward, you know, some podcasts who just like skip forward for the intro, never, because hearing that type of joy and love in someone else's voice for something that they do is just such a delightful experience. And I can see it in your face right now, even <laughs> just thinking about it, but thank you. I'm so proud of you with what you've done with this podcast and the amount of the amount of effort that you put into it, because these are not just conversations that you're having. You're putting so much research and love and care and listening to the Bettys and, 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 making the programming part of their evolution and your own evolution. So it's really beautiful to see. I just had to submit my um, continuing education hours for my regulatory body. Yeah. And so they, the requirement that they have, I think it's like a hundred hours over you know, the course of two years and just the podcast alone for me was 500 hours. <laughs> And I was like, I just, I can't imagine what the regulators are going to see when they see like, cause I listed out, you know, you have to list out like your continuing education and stuff. Yeah. And I listed out all the people, all the topics. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is a, this is its own course. Like listening Definitely. to the podcast, not only in the ability to host, you know, the guests that I've hosted, but for people who are listening, it's like, it's like a course for yeah. health and life. And yeah, so I definitely got my, um, my structured and my non-structured hours for, um, for the, you know, for my regulatory body. It was, it was yeah. And I was just looking at the numbers yesterday and you're at 400,000 downloads. We're going to blink an eye. You're going to be at half a million. We're yeah. definitely hitting a million this year. Yeah, my this year personal favorite stat, and I know you know this, is the amount of countries that you have been downloaded in. And uh, as of now, you have been downloaded in 172 countries. Wow. And there's 195 countries. That's impressive. And, you Isn't know, I got, I got a shout out to um, Bhutan. This country loves this podcast. <laughs> I am always number one in this country. And it's funny because I was like, where is this country? I want to learn a little bit about it. They have a happiness index. So this is one of the happiest countries on the planet. They consistently survey their people to, you know, to see, you know, how, you know, what social programs and whatever. And I was like, I like, I'm happy that I'm number one there. That makes me really happy. Yeah. You can just like imagine like who that one person was that found the podcast and then told their neighbor and then yeah. that neighbor told someone like, how did that happen I somewhere that you've never been that you don't know anybody from? Like, I know, I know. It makes it's me incredible. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. I love living in a global, in a global world like this, where we're all connected and can learn from each other. It's, it's spectacular. Agreed. Totally agree. You ready to talk about the book? I am 
ready. I am ready to talk. I have my book right here. I don't, you know, we should actually, I have to, in the show notes, I'm going to put a picture of what Giovanni printed. He has printed out a life size poster of me on the cover of this yes, book. I was it on is, meetings with him all day yesterday with your entire body in the background, like a life size. <laughs> I, it is as big as it is. So I am five foot, I don't know, maybe five foot six. Uh, it is like five foot two. It is just about my height. It's really, really funny. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll put a picture of that in the show notes for you guys, for you guys to see. Um, Giovanni surprised me with it. He's like, surprise here's your book he's your number one number number one and number two fan right here yeah um okay so you've had a brick and mortar you've had online programs you've done webinars you've been in documentaries you've spoken on stages you have a podcast Hmm. why why a book oh what a good question Well, I think first and foremost, writing is a form of therapy for me. Mm -hmm. So I first discovered this when I was still in the clinic, when I was still practicing and I started publishing a couple of articles on uh, medium.com and they went viral. Like the first, uh, first or second article I had posted about fasting and within, you know, a couple of days, it had been seen by tens of thousands of people. At the time of this recording, we're in January 2021 now, um, just from my articles on Medium alone, and I haven't published that many, I want to say like maybe 25 or mm-hmm. like under under 30. Mm-hmm. Those 30 articles have been read almost 4 million times. So it was very apparent to me. And I started uh, writing in 2017 on Medium and it became very apparent to me that So again, creativity, like back to what we were talking about, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is an outlet for me. So I can, this is where I can marry, you know, taking some science and taking some pathways and talking about, you know, beta hydroxybutyrate or talking about whatever, and then marrying it with everyday language and then shaping the paragraphs in a way that was beautiful to read, was easy to read and easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was sort of my first clue that I probably should be writing a little bit. Um, similar to the podcast, I've always felt like I avoided the book for a long time. I avoided starting the podcast for a long time. And in, I believe it was, was it 2018? I, I, I finished the first manuscript or maybe it was 2019. No, 2019, 2019. I finished the first manuscript. Uh, it was a garbage manuscript, just so you know, but um, I, I still not, finished it. But... Well, I mean, it's not something I would publish. Like it was like the sort of the rudimentary, it was like the skeleton. It you, had were no, t- you didn't have your voice in it yet. There was no stories. There was no, this is, you know, when I first, you know, kind of sent it to the editor, they're like, okay, so do you want this to be a thesis or would you like this to yeah. be a book? Like which one is it? Because what you have now is a thesis. There's absolutely no relatability to it. I'm like, can you just get some stories in here? I was like, oh, I got stories, but I just didn't think that was important. So, um, yeah. So started writing the book in like, call it September, August, September of 2019. And, um, I mean, uh, and the writing itself, you know, the, there are some tech, there are some very technical parts to the book. So there's some really heavy science, like heavy hitting science, lots of references. 
I remember when I first like handed in like the reference part, the section, like my editor was like, Jesus Christ, like there's oh, yeah. like almost 250 references here. I'm like, is it not enough? <laughs> Every book I read now, I go and check like how many references are in here? And I'm like, okay, she has an abnormal amount of <laughs> references in her book. Well, it's funny because it depends, right? So for example, so I haven't released this podcast yet, but Dr. Ben Bickman, mm -hmm. uh, why we get sick. So I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. It's coming out soon. Uh, we were talking about insulin resistance and I was like, okay, so I read his book and I was like, let me, so he's a researcher. Mm -hmm. And I went to the back of his book and he has like 550 references. And what did I do? Just guess what I did. I was like, well, You're my like book's a failure. <laughs> I have to go back to the drawing board. Like I only have 250, like it's half, like I have not done my work yet. Um, but what I realized is of course, I'm not a researcher. I'm not mm -hmm. Ben. Um, mm -hmm. His, his life is reading papers. I blend, you know, literature with clinic, with, with clinic. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So we want to have a lot of application. So there's like a lot of technical, like science stuff in the book, but I also wanted to have the application, like not just like, let's just talk about the leptin pathway, but let's talk about why that's important and what you can do right now. And here's the labs that you can request. And here's the functional ranges that are important. And here's how you correct it. So it was a combination of like the science and the clinician in me. So that's sort of what I was trying to extract through the writing. And then I also just wanted it to be like, the other thing I hope people will see when they, when they, when they pick up the book is that it's like, it's just like, you know how you and I just jam, you know, like we're just like best friends and we're just like mm -hmm. chatting. I want the book to feel like that. I want the mm -hmm. book to feel like this is just like your older sister or, you know, your, your best friend who's kind of like dishing on the goods about your period and about stuff that you would have never put together otherwise um, or thought that, or, or made the assumption that there was something wrong with you. So I also wanted it to have more of an informal voice. Like I wanted mm -hmm. it to be more um, loving and mm -hmm. feminine and like, you know what, don't, if you feel like this, don't worry, guess what? I, you know, this is what happened to me. And this is how I, you know, I've, I've had a similar journey to you mm -hmm. and maybe I'm just a little further on the path than you might be wherever you are right now, but this is the book that's going to help you, um, uh, you know, get closer to where I am or get closer or move forward on your own, on your own journey. So writing is because I express myself really well in writing in a myriad of different ways, like science, clinic, friend. So it's kind of like all those Humor. three. Oh, I am so funny. You are so <laughs> funny in your writing. <laughs> In we case are. you don't know, I am hilarious. And, <laughs> and if you don't know, now, you know, so, uh, I thought I was, and this is, this is the thing, like I was writing some of these titles of the mm -hmm. chapters and like giggling to myself for yeah. like 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, settle down. Like, it's not that funny. But then when I would give it to you to read, you were like, oh, I love the name of this or any of uh -huh. the name of that. So, yeah. So the book is called the Betty body. Correct. Not the Stephanie body. That's right. Mm -hmm. Although your body is incredible. Go check out her IG right now. I, I know it's ahead of time. It's in the past, but there is a picture that she posted today with your guns showing and your guns are incredible. Um, <laughs> you have a great body. So there's probably a woman out there. It's like, I don't get it. The Betty body, but her name is Stephanie and she has a great body. Why, why the title? Why the Betty body? This is a really good question. And I thought so long and hard about the title for this book. And I, I did not want it to be a recipe for becoming me. 
I mean, in the book, I talk about things that I have learned and that have worked for me, but the Betty body is, is a movement. It is not, it's not, it's not formulaic. Like here's cookie cutter. This is how you look like Stephanie Estima. It's, it's a movement for women to look their best, no matter how old they are, no matter how much weight they think they have to lose. And it's not about looking a certain way. It's, mm-hmm. and that was really, and I actually put that in the subtitle as well. It's like intuitive eating, a geeky goddess's guide, guh, 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 my favorite geeky mm-hmm. goddess's guide to intuitive eating, because it's not about being a size zero or a size two or whatever. And if you're those sizes, like I love and I honor you. Right. But it's also, you know, if you're a size 14 or a size 18 or whatever, it's not about you looking like me. It's about you looking your best. And it might be that you don't change sizes, that you stay where you are, but you change your body composition. So you Mm. change the Uh, the lean muscle mass that you have, you change your capacity to produce energy, you clear up your brain fog so that you actually feel like amazing in your skin. And that's what a Betty body is. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's not about like, how do I look like Stephanie Asima? That's like super Mm -hmm. boring. Um, It's how do I actually love the skin I'm in? Because let me tell you right now, Bettys that are listening, that is a revolutionary act because this society, and this is, this is going to be my next book. We're talking about the female psyche. Next book is going to be on that, but it is a revolutionary act for you to love yourself because this society that we live in, it is patriarchal at times. It's toxic, wants you to hate yourself. Because that's why they sell you the mascara where your eye, your eyelashes go up to your, you know, and somehow that's going to find you love, you know, or if you have the bag that costs whatever amount, like that's going to bring you happiness. No, what's going to bring you happiness is actually a journey inward. It's not, it's not an exterior thing that's going to make you happy. It's you luxuriating and finding joy in your own body. In order to do that, we want to reduce inflammation. So it feels good because who wants Mm. like angry breasts and aching joints? Like we want to get rid of that stuff. We want to prioritize sleep. We want to get your, you know, food choices um, in line with your, like yourself, you know, the highest version of yourself. We want you to be able to distinguish between emotional eating and physiological, Mm. like, you know, emotional hunger and physiological hunger. Right. and that's, that's the, ra- that's the radical part of the book. And I don't, I don't know if that comes through, like, it's not like a glaring flag, like, Hey, this is a book about feminism, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's actually what it is. It's like, mm-hmm. this is how you take back your power from a society that's taught you that you're broken and you're worthless unless you consume the products that they're peddling. Yeah. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna it's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique 
and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. It is a book about feminism because even the mindset shift, mindset shift in the menopause um, Mm-hmm. chapter and just how to look at menopause and that it's not the end of your life and that there is life after menopause and you're still valid and worthy and can create. And you're still and- a sexual goddess, yeah. right? Like we look at Hollywood and it's like all the characters that we see, women that are over 40, they have, and like, I'm not, you know, I'm not placing judgment here, but like, there's no sexual energy to these women. It's like, they're all wearing like sweaters and covering up and you know, whatever. And if you want to wear a sweater and cover up, that's fine too. Right. Like uh, my whole closet of hoodies is going like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, and like I'm wearing a big, I'm wearing a big baggy sweater right now as well. So it's, it's not, it's not about the, it's not about the type of clothes per se, but it's about the attitude of the woman. Like you can be sexy AF in a sweater. You can look like a goddess in a hoodie. Right. And that's, you know, for menopausal women, I think that we've been taught like, oh, you're a crone, you're a hag, you're past your prime. It's like all downhill. It's like it's no. tasteful. It's distasteful to have long hair after a certain age. Like, I can't believe I can't, I can't even deal with that. Like, go <laughs> screw, like my hair is going to be whatever damn length I want it. And if it's short, if it's like, if I'm 50 and I'm like, you know what? I want short hair. That's because I chose it, not because someone told me that I have to have, you know, short hair. Mm-hmm. So um, I, when we think about women who are in their reproductive years, we spend an extraordinary amount of energy every month building up an endometrial lining. Mm-hmm. And if you are looking to have children, uh, you know, if you are in your you know twenties or thirties or even forties, um, and you are looking to have children, that's a really necessary. It's it's ne- it's it's important for you to get that on track. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not looking to reproduce, you know, your fertility is a vital, it is a vital sign. We want to have your menstrual cycle to be as optimized as possible because the more fertile you are, the more balanced you are, which means that's going to confer fertility, the healthier that you're going to be. But when you now no longer have the capacity to reproduce in terms of humans, now that energy can move Mm -hmm. towards creating what it is that you want in your life. Menopausal women spend, at least many of them that I know, have spent many years raising children. So they're in service or in certitude to other other people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're married, they have careers. And, you know, at 50, 55, you're like, okay, what is that? You know, this is like your golden, you know, it's like your, uh, like your golden age almost. It's like, what is it that I really want to do? Like, what is my body mm-hmm. telling me? And now, you can use that energy that you no longer have to waste uh, for creating uh, an endometrial lining. You can use it to create and manifest and call in the things that you want in your life. Beautiful. Okay. I want you to describe the book, but I want you to describe it in two ways. One way I want you to describe it in all your geeky goddess glory, give the Stephanie Estima definition or description. And then I want you to give the description of like a girlfriend who's telling her girlfriend about the book. Oh, I love that. Okay. So, um, the geeky definition or the geeky explanation of this book uh, would be that we are going to go through 
all of the different verticals that can impact female physiology. So we are going to look at chronic stress and inflammation. We're going to look at your sympathetics. We're going to look at the differences in the stress response between men and women. There's a distinct there's a difference between men and women and how we respond to things. We're going to look at all of the different hormonal presentations that most women uh, experience. So we are going to look at a perimenopausal woman. So a woman who is, let's say she's in her late thirties into and through to her forties, the different hormonal the, the ever changing hormonal landscape for her. So we might see in her early forties, more of an estrogen dominant type of presentation. So we define what estrogen dominant is. What are the signs and symptoms? What are the lab markers? You need to go get such and such and such lab marker. Here is the functional ranges that are considered optimal. If you are out of those ranges, here's what you do. We talk about high testosterone, so androgen dominance. Um, we talk about PCOS. We talk, and that's one of the more common uh, presentations when we see high testosterone. How to define and diagnose PCOS. Um, we have hormonal quizzes for you in the book as well. So if you are like, well, I don't know if I'm like estrogen dominant or androgen, like which one I kind of have a little bit of both. There's quizzes that I have in the book for you to take to, for you to under, like to sort of, it's almost like a choose your own adventure. Like you start here, you know, if you are more estrogen dominant, you start with, you know, working through some of the protocols that I outline in that book. Mm-hmm. And then we move into later perimenopause, where you may have started off estrogen dominant in your early 40s. And then towards the late 40s, we start to see estrogen decrease. So what are some of the signs and symptoms of low estrogen? What are the signs and symptoms of low progesterone? What are the signs and symptoms of low testosterone? What are some of the conflating uh, diagnostic presentations? So, um, you know, someone who has low, like testosterone is very often overlooked because some of the presentations actually look like Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism or anemia. Like there's all these different sort of conflating diagnostic presentations. So I sort of you know, paint the picture and say like, this is what it looks like if you're actually hypothyroid, if you're this, if you're that. Um, we move into um, morning routines and evening routines and the neurobiological consequences of poor sleep, you know, poor fuel uh, partitioning, the tendency to eat more crap, you know, the, yeah. the poor mood regulation, the frontal lobe that is not able to... Um, uh, to regulate the limbic system, how morning routines are sexist. I've done a podcast on that. I put it in the book because most morning routines, they sexist. They don't, they're not thinking about women. They're thinking like we think about, um, you know, without sort of outing anyone, like we, we, you know, there's like kind of bigger men, right. In the space that talk about waking up at like ungodly hours, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock. And women are like, well, gosh, like I got to wake up before my kids. So does that mean that I got to wake up at like three or four? It's like, no, you actually have a longer sleep cycle. You have a, as a woman, you need to sleep longer uh, than your male counterpart. So waking up an hour earlier to get your workout in, I'd rather you sleep. Uh, so we talk about sleep. We talk about the effects of, uh, we talk about the glymphatic system, uh, which is basically the lymphatic system, but in the um, central nervous system, mm-hmm. we talk about metabolic healing. So we talk about uh, ketosis for females. We talk about how to cycle a ketogenic diet over the long-term for women, for menopausal women. we talk about protein and how to protein cycle, how to deal with sarcopenic obesity, how to deal with anabolic resistance, uh, exercise, resistance training, supplementation, um, 
and then kind of how to put it all together. So that's like the doctor explanation yeah. of it. Um, you have the you have the the geeky Betty's like salivating, like <laughs> just drooling right now listening to that description. All my geeky Betty's, all my boardroom Betty's are like, where is the Amazon link? Uh, yeah, so that is kind of so it's it's really a comprehensive book mm-hmm. um, in terms of all the different verticals that a woman might encounter perimenopause through to menopause and then how to fix it, right? So nutrition, exercise, supplementation, reducing chronic stress. I I bring in like experts that like colleagues of mine that have given me tools and tricks and we, we detail those out for you. Um, the girlfriend explanation mm-hmm. is- Who's it's not ba- a doctor, someone who- ha- the non-doctor, the non-researcher, um, she ha- doesn't know a lot about this, but she's picked this book up. She's read it. What does she? What does she describe it as to her to her bestie? I I would describe this as learning how to take care of yourself as a woman, and that we have grown up in a society that has taught us how to act like little men and we're not. So these are all the ways that we're different. And these are all the things that you can do to tune in and attune to your own body's rhythms. And the more that you can understand what your body, like the language of your body, because your body doesn't talk in words, right? Like your body talks in symptoms. She talks in low energy or high energy. She talks in mood. She talks in sleep. So the more that you can understand the language of your body, the better you can continue to have that dialogue with her and you can continue to, you know, to converse with her and to respond appropriately in terms of what she needs. So this is just a way for you to like fall in love with your, with your best friend, which is you, right? So that's how I would describe it. Yeah. Okay. So I know someone who looks at you now or speaks to you now is like, what? She doesn't struggle with this stuff. So I want to, I want to go back. I want to take it back, back to little Steffi what was your relationship with food, with exercise, with your body, like almost as far back as, as you can go? Was there ever a time where that it wasn't a stressful thing and you were just living carefree and eating? Did it change at a different age? Like what's been your relationship to these things going way back? I can remember all the way back. I have had disordered eating and disordered exercise, like my relationship with exercise and just generally my relationship to myself. I think there's been, um, quite a bit of, um, yeah, just a disorder, a disordered relationship is sort of the best way to put it. I can remember my grandmother, my Lebanese grandmother. Um, she used to, she lived in Montreal, uh, Canada, um, and she, and we lived in Toronto and she would drive. So this was like my 85 year old at the time, you know, like 85, you know, she would drive like six hours from Montreal to Toronto, uh, to see us. And she'd spend like a week or two with us. And she would come with all of her Lebanese food. Now, I don't know if you have tried Lebanese food before, but this is like mm-hmm. my total weakness. So she would bring, um, uh, it's she, we call it kusa, but it's basically like summer squash that's been like emptied out. And then she's stuffed it with meat and mm. she would cook that in like a tomato sauce. Oh, yeah. And it's very hard to make. Um, and it would take her like a day and a half to make it. And I swear to God, like she'd bring like a hundred of them and they'd be gone in like two days. And I would just be like eating the food and only paying attention to like the pleasure, not paying attention to my body saying like, mm. oh my God, this is like, you've had 10, like it's too much. Yeah. So there, I can remember like co- completely binging on the, these like comfort foods. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, when I was very young, like call it eight, nine or 10 years old. um, And I would say that that continued into my teens, like there would be this. So then of course, when you become a teenager, uh, a teenage girl, as you know, there's like an extraordinary amount of pressure to sort of look a certain way. And that Mm -hmm. I don't think has changed much. I think that we, from when I was a teen to, you know, uh, your daughters now who it's are the in same. It. It's, it's the, the same. It's like, the same. it's like to be mm-hmm. as skinny as possible. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a, so maybe a little different now, but I grew up in like the Kate Moss, like it was right. like skinny androgynous, like thigh gap was premier overall. Right. Like, and yeah. of course my thighs always, they still touch, you know, they will always touch. <laughs> There's <laughs> never going to be a thigh gap on this body, but I used to completely punish myself. So I would restrict my eating. And then I would go crazy and I'm totally dating myself, but I would go crazy on like the step. So like the step uh, Mm -hmm. or high, low class, that was the other one, like high, low class or like step class, which I actually still have a step. I love step. Um, I have like a a class from, I have a DVD still from 1989 that I still do. I love this class so much. Um, So uh, I would do step like an hour or two of step. If I felt like I had eaten too much, I would get on the cardio machine and I would just go for, I would do high low classes. I would go and whatever. So I have had, um, I I was never really connected to, uh, my body. It was just, Mm -hmm. I either ate too much and then I punished myself for it. And I would punish myself physically by doing like lots and lots of cardio, Mm -hmm. but I'd also punish myself emotionally. Like what's wrong with you? Why can't you stick to a diet? Why do you always like every time sit come like my grandma, every time my grandmother comes, like, why can't, why don't you have any control over yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, so there was that, um, Mm -hmm. and, um, I think what's changed for me, um, is that I have now been able to listen to my body. So if my grandmother was still here mm-hmm. and she came or I came, I went to visit her and she made me some, some of her kusa or something, I would, I know now that I would be able to eat until it felt like, until I felt full, I would be able mm-hmm. to slow. Cause I wouldn't be like shoveling the food as fast as I can into my mouth. I would be taking the time to chew my food to feel what it feels like the pleasure of Mm -hmm. chewing the pleasure of the taste on my tongue and it's it's a much slower process and um actually while i'm while i'm describing that i'm reminded of the time that i fired my coach (laughs) do you remember when okay so i had let me just tell you what this woman wants me to do Please, Stephanie, tell the audience what she wanted to. So this is, okay. So this, this ties in, I promise this makes sense. I will close the loop on this in a minute. And I actually made, um, I have a couple of uh, private clients, as you know, and I made one of my private clients do this recently. And she was like, I hate you. But basically... Like she, my, I had this coach and I was like, okay, I feel like I need to get more into my feminine. So I hired this coach who's sort of known for that. And she's like, okay, one of your tasks today is to get a piece of dark chocolate and let this thing melt in your mouth. You can't bite it. You can't suck on it. You can't chew it. You just have to let it melt. So she told me this and I was like, you're fired. Like, I was like, I don't think we're a good fit. Um, this is ridiculous. I don't want to work with you anymore. And I literally fired her. And I came, I came back from that appointment and I was like, You were like offended. I was, 
It's like, how dare I have things to do? I can just sit there with chocolate melting in my mouth. (laughs) So what she was trying to do for me, which I clearly did not get the message at the time, is to slow down Mm -hmm. and to feel what it feels like to feel pleasure in my body, right? So to feel the the solid turn into the liquid, to feel the sweetness, maybe the bit of saltiness of the back of the tongue, to feel what that feels like, to be able to marinate in the present moment. That's what she was trying to get me to do. And I was like, screw you, bitch. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, but the, I, I, I didn't have the capacity at the time to feel joy in my body. It was, it, I did not have the ability to, to feel how good that can feel. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I've talked about this on the podcast before, like putting on like my olive oil in the evening, like I take it nice and slow. There's like a nice facial massage. I give myself all of those things. I would just like literally throw something on my face and like get on with it because I had to get to the next task. So Mm -hmm. I say that. And the reason why I bring this story up and it reminded me as I was telling the story of my sito is my, my, my grandmother um, is because before I would just like, just shove it in my mouth because like I'd shove the the Lebanese Mm -hmm. food in my mouth because it was just, you know, like I just wanted to eat it. It felt good and whatever. Right. But now I know that if she was still around and I had the opportunity to sit with her again, and we Mm -hmm. had Lebanese food to share that I would take my time and enjoy each morsel because I've developed that capacity to feel joy in my body. Well, and I just realized more and more, and I'm sure that you had the same realization is how linked trauma and food and the way we treat our body and exercise, they're, they're related. So yeah. I'm wondering if the more work that you've done to release that, the trauma that you've experienced, if those things have been eat, not, yeah, easier. Absolutely. It's, not, it's, it's easier to treat yourself better. It's easier to go to make decisions that are good for you. Yes, a hundred percent. And I, I'll also add on to, because I think this is an important piece yeah. of it, is that exp- someone who has experienced trauma, physical mm-hmm. trauma, emotional trauma, mm-hmm. I think that we tend to, as a survival mechanism, divorce our, like we tend to like remove the connection to our body because there's so much pain there, right? So if right. you have, if you're someone who has experienced physical um, abuse or even emotional abuse mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or, and and however we define trauma. Right. So Nicole LaPera, um, we'll link out to her her podcast. She defines trauma in a much more broad sense, which I quite like. I, we love, tend to I see- love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tend to say trauma is like sexual or emotional mm-hmm. or and we we sort of have these like big categories, yeah. but I I like the uh the way that Nicole uh lays this out. So when you've experienced trauma, it is as a coping mechanism and Dr. Gabor Mate talks about this as well, mm-hmm. we disassociate. It's not the actual trauma. It's not the actual, you know, if it's your if it's if it's a parent who um, you know, beat you up or there was maltreatment. Mm-hmm. It's not the act itself. It's how you interpret it. So mm-hmm. it's how you, you feel like you say, well, I am a bad kid. That's why my father did that. Or mm-hmm. I am, you know, I deserved that. And so you tend to disassociate. It's the disassociation that you, um, 
uh, that you have with yourself that's actually the trauma. And I think that this shows up for women in eat, like, you know, you could say that I had really weird eating habits. Like I would eat, it was almost like I would binge, right? Like I would eat so much food and then feel so gross afterwards that I would Mm -hmm. say, okay, well, like I got to get rid of this. Like I got to go and, um, you know, work out for two hours, work out for, you know, or, or, you know, I would try to beat myself up emotionally into getting in line. Like, how could you do this? Like, why can't you just like, what, just next time, this is what you're going to do. And I, you know, would fail over and over and over again because I was trying so hard to control. Right. Yeah. It's a for sure control. You're like, these things are hurting me. I'm going to hurt. Nobody has permission to hurt me. I'm going to hurt myself even right. worse. You know, right. I'm going to take that control back. It's Yeah. Right. Right. It's a vicious cycle. It's vicious. Exactly. So the more work that I've done in terms of, and I, um, you know, I was, I, we shared, like I shared a video with you yesterday around, like, I used to think like, God, I'm just not even like, I don't even deserve to be here. Like, I'm just a waste of skin. Like I don't like, I'm just like kind of taking up space for someone, you know, there should be someone better here standing mm-hmm. in my, in my shoes. And it, it's only been through the work that I've done through a variety of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. you know, talk therapy and plants and, you know, meditation and spending time alone with myself. And jur- it's only been in these realizations where I've developed more empathy for myself, where mm-hmm. I've said, okay, like, I know that maybe there's some things you don't like about yourself, but it's like, you've had, there's been like really hard situations that you didn't necessarily have the tools to deal with or the community or the safety or the social network to, to help guide you. Right. Um, and so there's an element of, you know, we talk, we started the conversation at the top of the hour with forgiveness. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it is, you know, forgiving yourself for all the mistakes that you've made yep. for all of the ways that, you know, for others who've treated you badly and, you know, I'm, and you, the people that you have treated badly, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us get through life, um, you know, yeah. not having either of those th- two things happen. It's usually both like you are hurt and then you also hurt people. So forgiving yourself for those two things and then saying like, you're just a human on this spinning rock in you know, the middle of nowhere, um, kind of doing the best that you can. Uh, with the tools yeah. you have. So it's only, it's only with like a lot of work on myself that I've been able to fall back in love with myself and say, Hey, like maybe, maybe I do deserve to be here. Maybe I do have something of value for some people. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can help. And maybe there's, maybe there's going to be one person who buys a book. And if that changes one person's life, like that was worth it for me. That was worth it. I bought it. I already bought it. I am that person. So <laughs> you're good. Yes. 41. <laughs> Okay. So I know if I want your attention, I only have to whisper the words female psyche and I will have your attention for nine to 12 hours because that's true. You love this topic. I do. I do. You are such a female champion. And so, I mean, writing the book is one thing, but people don't think about all of the experimentation and the creation and the protocols that you developed with other women, with yourself to create what the book then became. So I'm really curious about what you've noticed about the female psyche, either with women who have come in, come in and when they first started working with you, how they are through the process, if you've noticed any patterns, how it affected you. 
This is really good. Um, There's been a lot of observations actually. Mm -hmm. So one of the big, one of the big ones, and this is, I think maybe because I have in the past and in the current, my current iteration, I tend to be a little bit more of a type A Mm -hmm. person. I really love the hunt. Like we were saying, I love to produce all of that. So I tend to attract a lot of those women, a lot of those women that are like, I am a type A Betty. You know, like you hear them in the reviews, like I am a boardroom Betty. I am Mm -hmm. that person. So I think that that woman when we are so, so again, piggybacking on what we were just talking about, a woman who is so driven to achieve Mm -hmm. often is conflating achievement with worthiness. So we think that the more we do, the more worthy we are. And I know that that's hard to hear. It can be hard to be like, what? Of course it is. No, but you know, the more to do's I can check off the better person I am. I'm not lazy. I'm worth something. I'm doing something important. And I would like to begin to shift the way that we think about productivity. And I've said this a few times, but I think that the, the way that I'm think about productivity, the way that I used to think about productivity was almost like, um, I imagine a train. So you have like the main car, mm-hmm. right? And then you have this like caboose that's on, like that's attached to the, you know how like you have that little uh, mm. connection thing yep. between, I don't know what the word is there, but it's like the, it's like a long. Um, it's the thing that you jump on to run away from the bad guy to get to the top of the train. Are you talking about that thing? Yes. And then what the bad guy does is he unhitches the two things. <laughs> and then like the main car starts, it's like a James Bond mm-hmm. movie, right? Like you mm-hmm. have like the main car starts to separate from the caboose and then yep. somehow Daniel Craig jumps across it and makes it. And then we're all happy. So um, I don't know what that word is, but I want to say that I think I used to think about productivity and worth as like the main car and that caboose. And I just want to be able to like unhitch those two things. So you can be pro- you can be productive and you can be worthy, but they are two independent circles. There's no overlap there. So there's no, there's no insinuation that the more productive you are, it's, it's not a, it's not a direct, like, you know, um, when we talk about, uh, direct corollary relationships, it's not like the more productive you are, the more worthy you are. Mm -hmm. And conversely, the less productive you are, the less worthy you are. They're two independent constants. Like your worth is a constant that never changes based on what you do. It's based on who you are. It's who you are being and who you are becoming, not what you're doing. So good. Yeah. So that's one thing that I notice. Um, The other thing that I notice, and I was like this too, is we are very pleasure avoidant. We, and like that chocolate melting in your mouth example, that's just pleasure, enjoying pleasure, enjoying your body, your body's ability to make sense of the sweetness from the chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, Women, I think are, are pleasure avoidant. We don't let things in because we think that there's a yin and the yang. So if we get, if we allow the pleasure in, then something bad's going to happen, right? Oh yes. Yeah. That's still, that is something that still, I'll be having like a great day walking down the street. I'm like a car must there must be a car that's about to hit me because I am too happy right now. And I go, where does that even come from? What? But I have that thought. Yeah. So we are very pleasure avoidant. I think that we are scared of letting in joy because we think that the opposite and equal is also going to come in with it. Like we're going to be so happy. uh, We're going to get married and you're going to be on top of the world. And then your husband's going to fall off a cliff and die the next day. And you're going to be this like widowed, like that's what we think. Um, 
or that we have to earn pleasure. Like I can have pleasure when I do this. Right. And it's like, no, girl, you can be, you can put that chocolate in your mouth today. And (laughs) 7.55am, Betty, whatever you want. (laughs) And don't fire me the way that I did. Don't make the same mistake. (laughs) I actually emailed her afterwards. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Can we start working together? Like, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But, um, there's, I mean, and even with, even with, um, sexual, like even with sexual mm-hmm. pleasure, right? Like with, we were talking to Kim Anami, who I'm actually going to get her back on the podcast. She, her uh, team just emailed me and she was saying that what, what happens when we're very close to climaxing is we, <gasps> like we hold our breath. Right. So she was saying like, breathe into it, relax, like allow that pleasure to come up from, you know, your pelvis and into your body rather than like, Oh, it's happening. I'm going to, it's close to almost like, you know, instead of like holding and controlling, like to surrender. Don't make the weird face. Don't do like, don't make your leg go straight. Like, don't do this. Like, look, Right. Like just relax into it, right? Like just mm-hmm. breathe, let that feeling move up into your body. So pleasure avoidant. And then the other thing, uh, and I'm actually writing a couple of programs on this right now is the internal voice that we have and where it comes from and how it directs our everyday behavior. So I've, I, um, I'm very interested right now in the mother wound and the father wound and the different types of mothers. Um, even if your mom, even if you like had the best like childhood, like parents mm-hmm. weren't divorced or anything mm-hmm. like that, um, you can still have a mother who didn't necessarily give you uh, what you need in terms of emotional connection or or what have you. So there's a lot of different sort of archetypes of of wounding there that I've I've been kind of going down these crazy rabbit holes and like reading. This is so like you to talk about your next book while we're talking about this. <laughs> I'm like next project. Yes. So this is sort of what I am. Like, this is the the rabbit hole that I'm in. Mm, It's beautiful. Okay. So one thing that I love about you, I admire about you. I have it myself, but there's something about being around you that has brought it out in me even more, or at least made me more aware of it is that you have the ability to do hard things. You do hard things. You move through them. So my question is, can you identify the moment where you're like, most people would say, stop, I'm out, I tap out, I don't want to go any further. And what do you do in those moments instead? And I'm asking the question because of this, because I know there's, we're all capable of doing hard things, but I know there's going to be a Betty who's reading the book, who at one moment goes, this is too hard. I can't do this it's just, it's going to happen, right? It's just, it's a natural, it's going to happen. So what is, what do you do Steph when you're like, Oh, this is a hard moment. I want to stop right now. I can't do this. I'm not enough. I think that the best thing to do and what the internal voice that I, uh, that happens in my head is what is the smallest, easiest thing for me to continue on this journey? And why did I start? Mm -hmm. So it's not about like, oh my gosh, like maybe it's working out and it's like my glutes are tired and I'm not, like, what is the one thing that I need right now? Why did I start this? Why did I start this program? Why did I pick up this book yeah. and connect to the original 
reason, because it's still there. You just are choosing to ignore it in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then what is the easiest, simplest thing that you can do? And maybe it's putting down the weights, giving yourself a long rest. Maybe it's doing a little dance and maybe it is throwing in the towel at that moment in that exercise. Maybe it is that, or maybe it's like, okay, let me just try, try it one more time. And it's okay. If I suck, it's okay. If I'm a beginner, I don't need to be an expert. Just like you would never yell at a baby for not being able to run, you know, like you have to allow yourself to be a baby in some ways to allow, to lovingly, you know, give yourself that magical mama cloak, right? Like that magical cloak to, and give yourself permission to be a beginner. Um, and to admit that maybe, per, okay, wait, I have to say permission to be a beginner. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. Yeah. I, we need to allow ourselves to do that a lot. We all want to be the expert. We all want to know the most. We all want to be good at things, but the discomfort of being a beginner. Yeah. And Can we fall in love with that feeling? Like, is there, I, I think so. I, I would love that because I yeah. think that we are so conditioned, like you were saying, mm-hmm. not to show failure, to never show any weakness or any vulnerability. And maybe in that moment, the, ne- the next best thing for you to do is to actually just admit, like, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I got here and I'm scared and I'm confused and this is really hard and taking a moment to honor that you are scared and that it is hard, but anything worth having, in my opinion, this is the paradox in life, right? Anything worth having is hard, but the payoff is so great. And this is, you know, it's, you you hear this in like the fitness circles. It's like, if it was easy, everyone would have six pack abs. And it's like, yeah, it's true. Um, but there's a certain amount of, um, satisfaction Mm -hmm. that will come from you doing the hard work. And maybe you're not where you, where you would like to be and who the hell cares you have today and you have tomorrow and you have time. That's the beautiful thing about time is that it is nonlinear. That's another Mm -hmm. little rabbit hole. I've been going Mm -hmm. down like time. You can bend, you Mm -hmm. can bend time, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can go back in time and heal your inner child, you can go into the future and ask your wiser, older self yeah. what she would do. Yeah. You can go all over the place. Time is like a spiral. And I know that that might sound a little, we have to do another podcast on that, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. time is a renewable resource. You don't run out of time. You get more of it tomorrow. Right. So it is, it is something I want to change people because they're like, Oh my God, I'm running it or I'm behind. That's mm-hmm. something that I used to think like, yes, I'm behind. I'm not where I should be. I'm not the most, I haven't reached the amount of success that I, at this point in my life, like I must be a failure. And it's like, no, you're perfect where you are. It's Mm -hmm. you are right now. There is a lesson in front of you. There is a, um, you know, there is an object, there's an objective for you. There's a hurdle for you to get over and that's how you ascend. And that's how you continue to move forward. So when I say that 2020 was such an incredible year, if someone had a video of my year, they would be like, are you sure you're in your room? You're crying. You're doing this meditation where you're like purging, but the hard, deep, deep, deep work, like those breaking through those walls is extremely painful. And hard but work. Every, it's hard. hard work. It yeah. sucks. It's not fun. But every moment where I go, is this what fe- loving myself 
feels like. Like it feels so nice. I never thought in my life that I would have that feeling, Mm -hmm. but that only came from the really, those hard parts, those hard parts where you're like, no, I don't want to do this. You create space that way. You create space in your heart. You create space in your body. You metabolize the trauma. You, and, or, and maybe you just become friends with it. You become friends with that. You know, for me, it's like the, um, a sloth. That's like my, that's like my, Mm -hmm. the the thing that would scare me the most is for me to just sit on the couch, move really slowly, never do anything. But that's what I did last week. I was like, you know what? This body needs a rest. I am not working out. I did not work out all week. And it was scary to admit that I needed to slow down, Mm -hmm. but that is how you, when you befriend, when you become friends with all of the parts of you, right? The traumatized inner child, the, mm-hmm. the wise old grandmother, mm-hmm. the current you know, iteration of yourself and all the crying and all the purging, like you were saying, you create more space in your body for loving yourself, for other people and to show up as you. Yeah. And what I love is that Betty, don't worry. When you go through those hard moments, Dr. Stephanie has created a space for you to go and to be, you know, you have the Hello Betty Club and you have your Instagram and we have this podcast and you can submit your questions. Like, that's what I love about you, Steph. You're never like, here's the information. I'm leaving you alone. You are such a supportive loving person. So anyone who picks up this book has the, you will be there with them through those hard moments. Yeah. So incredible. And that's, you know, I was saying to, we started the Betty Body Challenge this yeah. week and it's like, the, my community is my immunity. Like you want to talk about building up an immune system. You need to be around people that see you, that see you for exactly who you are in a judgment-free, mm-hmm. you know, place. And, it, and it's a place where you can ask for help and have mm-hmm. that question answered, whether that's by me or another Betty. Um, and we are, we have the Hello Betty Club, which um, we, I think we're actually launching it officially in February. Um we don't, it's not quite up, like not quite ready yet. And so it'll be ready for, uh, in a couple of weeks, but yeah, it's going to be a great thing where we have people from all over the world, all the Betty army, all the Bettys, they're going to be all together and we're going to be learning and growing and, um, and yeah, the Betty bot, like getting our Betty body on. <laughs> okay. I have one more question and then I want to play a little game. So my last question is, <laughs> I, lo- ah. I love that look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> like this is so unpredictable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> control, release, surrender to the con- <laughs> feminine. It's a feminine. I surrender to whatever question is coming next. Okay. I got it. <laughs> no, this one is okay. So there's a Betty and she's, she's on her computer and she has the Betty body and it's in her shopping cart and she's looking at it and she's going, no, I've done Weight Watchers. I failed. I've joined seven gyms. I've wasted money on this. I don't have any friends who are who understand this this problem that I'm having or I'm too embarrassed or shameful to talk to them about it. Like I can't do this. This book isn't I won't be able to. Speak to that speak to that woman. What do you what do you tell that woman? Cuz she's hovering. She has that that mouse. She she's like hovering to. over cart like yeah. To, yeah, yeah. She's like you with the Danielle Laporte journal. Yeah. She's just like coming <laughs> back to it all the time. Like there's yeah. this pull, there's this call to it, but there's yeah. something that's going, "No, you can't." 
you can't I do would, this. I would say that every perceived failure that she's had, whether it's the, the Weight Watchers or the diet books or the whatever books, those have all been preparing her for this moment right now. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think, another thing we have to redefine is failure. So failure is a necessary part of success. And what those experiences have taught her is that that's not the right program for her. You know, Weight Watchers may not have been, or whatever, whatever, not to yeah. pick on Weight Watchers. Insert any Jenny any, Craig, any, right? yeah. there's, a, there's Herbal Magic, whatever. Them. Like, yeah. I don't even know if Herbal Magic's around anymore, but you know, like any, any sort of thing. I want that to be a lesson in her stepping stone towards success. So she knows that there's probably elements of each of those programs that worked mm-hmm. for her, but there were probably elements that didn't. And another part of any, like any metabolic, any, anytime you want to change your metabolism, you want to change the way you look, you want to change your body composition. We often just think about the body, but we also have to think about our hearts and we have to think about our minds. And I think that if I, with the, with the, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I think I've done a good job of combining and sneaking in a little bit of mindset work where it doesn't feel like too laborious. And you're like, Oh God, I got to go meditate for 30 minutes now. Like what a waste. Like I know there's so many, and there's so mm-hmm. many type A Bettys, myself included, who would avoid meditation, like the plague, even though, you know, you know, the science, you know, it's good for you, yeah. but you're like, Ugh, just journaling is just not my thing. You know, like I think I've done a good job at giving you actionable, small little actionable items that in aggregate lead to something substantial and great. And it's not about getting A to Z. It's about going from A to G or A to H, because once you are in, once you're at G or H, you're like, okay, like I'm moving, I've left the starting position. Like I'm Uh in the game now. Right. That's, that's what it's about. It's about moving the needle for you, not flipping the light switch. It's about, it's about moving the dial. It's more of a dial change rather than a a switch on and off. And also know that with this program and with your, your journey in life on this planet, that there are going to be more failures and you should expect those. And what you should potentially reframe is what those failures are teaching you. So what is it that the failure- Or that they're attempts. Yes. tried. And maybe you need to try it again because you don't have the patterning, the neural patterning or whatever. Um, so to try, you know, it's like, try. it's like, what's the, um, it's a Chinese proverb, something like fall down seven times, but get up eight, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's like your willingness to stand back up and get back in the ring, you know, and to get bloodied and sweated and gross yeah. and undone that, I mean, you're a champion, you win at that point. Like you get the, pro- you win at life for that. So I think that the failures are necessary stepping stones for you. And when we define winning, it's about your willingness to commit to the practice, you know, like practice Mm -hmm. makes practice. It's not practice makes perfect practice makes practice, you know? So we want to continue to move forward. And that's the only thing that I, I want you to get from this is that you, you know, we can move the needle for you in a way that's meaningful to you in a way that will start to change the way that you relate to yourself. So Betty, with your mouse hovering over the book, the the purchase, the purchase now, we're actually applauding you for all the attempts you've made, for being here again, for wanting to do great things for yourself and your body. Like, 
we're clapping, right? Yes. Can you hear us right now? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is the game. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. I'm good at games. I'm good at games. You see me at Drawful. I'm a a champ at Drawful. All right, let's go. (laughs) So you and I are both powerful manifestors. So I want to manifest some things right now for the book. And I'm going to go first because I had, I, I cheated a little bit and I wrote some down. So I'll give you my first one. And then I want us to go back and forth. I have, I have a couple of them. So Mm This is what I'm manifesting. Okay. You and I are in an airport and we're going somewhere exotic. Just like, yeah. (laughs) I know it. I know it. I love it. We're going somewhere exotic and hot and warm. And we're just like laughing as we walk through the airport. And we see sitting in the airport waiting is two women. And they're both sitting there and they both have the Betty body book in their hands and they're both reading it Mm. and they're both laughing and they're nudging each other and they're showing each other the different okay I just got chills already oh my god we see them we see them like actively reading the books as friends and like talking about it with and then we go up to them and we hug them I'm like do you know who this is I'm like, hi, oh my gosh, let's be friends. That, that's amazing. And then you change into the dress and you casually stand, like do the pose. Just like, I'll get you wafting. I'll get you like with your luggage or something, a newspaper from the- Recognizer? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's my first manifestation. That is okay. something that we are going to experience. In the okay, future. so I, so in that same airport, mm. when mm. we walk by the bookstore, you know, where you can get like the candies and like the, the, what, like the masks and stuff for sleep and the neck pillows that my book is in the airport store. That's what I want. Next to like healthy options. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Next to the almonds, not the, not the chips. Yep. I love that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like whenever it's like the, the glass sort of wall and you can see into the books that they have in that little store. Okay. I love it. This is my next one. This one gives me chills too. It's someone tagging you in a picture on social media and it's three generations of women and they're all holding the book and they're, they're talking about how the book impacted them each individually and differently. So three generations of women. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. I love that. Mm. Your turn. My turn. Okay. So Oh God, I just want to think about that now. Um, so from so someone or many women start tagging me on Instagram about their them being a Betty. So they they have the book and they're like, you know what I did today? I took a goddess bath because we talk about like baths and we talk about sleep and all that. And like, there's a little picture of them, like maybe pouring some Epsom salts or or some essential oils or something into um, their bath or someone else is, um, you know, tagging me saying, Hey, I just finished the first 28 days of chapter eight. And this is like my weight loss. And like, I start seeing online people using, maybe it's a hashtag like, um, I have to think of something clever, but like becoming Betty or something, you being, know, like hashtag being Betty. Yeah. Hashtag being Betty. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, this is me being a Betty today. This is me dancing. This is me doing some belly dancing. This is me taking a breathwork class. This is me, you know, this is what it means for me to be a Betty. And I start getting all of these like tags on social media of people being Betty. Oh, beautiful. I love that one. Okay. This one, you're at a conference somewhere 
and anywhere that kind of has like food or a buffet. And there's this woman and she has like her book tucked under her arm <laughs> and she's, <laughs> she's going through the buffet and you can see that she's creating her plate based on your protocols, but she doesn't look like that woman that has like a tiny little piece of boiled chicken. You know, those people that are like on a diet and their the face brickin, is just like- The broccoli I, and the chicken, the brick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This woman's face is like lit up and she's so proud and her shoulders are back and she's making her plate based on based on the protocols that you- And then I go sit beside her, just like the ladies in the yeah. airport. <laughs> it's like, it's just going to be me finding people with my book and sitting beside them. That's- just wear that dress permanently. <laughs> just to bring it in my backpack just in case. <laughs> okay, one one more for you and then I have one more. Um I would like it to I, I would like it to get to bestseller. Uh I'd like Amazon to get I'd like it to get to bestseller status. That's like a personal uh goal of mine. Um that's that's like less that's like less sexy, but um I think that's sexy. Yeah, I I, I mean I just I, I want yeah, let me let, let me call that in. Let's do Amazon yeah. bestseller. Mm. Yes. And it goes so well with my last one is that women in all of those 172,000 com- uh, countries that you've been downloaded in for the podcast are starting book clubs <gasps> with your book. Oh my God. Yes. Oh. Imagine how that would feel. Oh my God. I love to that. know that there's women who are like getting in a circle and discussing and talking and gathering. Oh, I'm going to cry. Oh my yeah. God. I love that. Oh yes. I love that. Yes. Yes. Let's start a book club. <laughs> wow. We're going to start a book club. Oh, with your book. oh, that's such a good one, Major. Yeah. Oh, thank you so, so, so much for letting me interview today. This was a ton of fun. It was so much fun. I, like you were saying, I love to get to spend time with you without kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I mean, I love our team. Like we have, we yeah. have the best yeah, team, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's always lovely to spend time with you. And I hope that um, you Bettys um, found some value in some of the behind the scenes stuff of uh, the Betty body book. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be, it is going to be, like I said, even if one person buys this book, like it, and it makes a difference in what it was all worth it for me. So I'm really excited, really excited about it. Me too. Congratulations. hundred episodes, the book, the launch. 2021 baby. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Till next time. All right. I hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. And now for the obligatory legal disclaimer. This podcast is for information purposes only and is not intended to replace primary health care such as medicine or chiropractic. It is not intended to replace the advice, diagnosis, treatment, or programs of care from your primary health care provider. In listening to this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed and the use and implementation of the topics and strategies discussed are at the sole discretion of the user. 